Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, the director of content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my colleague and collaborator, our wonderful blog editor, Ryan Donovan. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Hey, Ben. Uh, thanks for the, uh, the flattery on this opening. Oh, you know, I like to butter you up. So right. today we're going to be talking about a few things that we have mentioned uh, on many podcast episodes and in blog posts. We have a great sponsored episode from the folks at Intuit, and we're going to be talking about microservices, containers, and the service mesh that folks can use to help all those applications talk to one another in an intelligible way so that you can orchestrate, you see what I did there, everything that's going on and make sure it's running smoothly. So I'd like to welcome our guests today, Anil and Yasin. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yasin, let me start with you. Tell folks who you are um, and a little bit about how you got into the world of software and technology and how you know your journey has sort of led you to the gig that you're at today. Yeah, good. Yeah, my name is Yasin Simeonov. And almost 20 years ago, I founded a company, Internet Service Provider in East Europe. It's Bulgaria. I'm Bulgarian originally. Uh, what is interesting that time that the market was so small that I couldn't afford purchasing like big uh, telecom equipment like networking routers and switches. So I ended, I ended up building Linux boxes act, that act as routers and I was coding the logic on top of it by myself. I sold the company when Bulgaria joined European Union. I, I just didn't want to compete with the big Western telecoms that came to the market. Yeah, and I consider myself a networking person. So my experience is from pulling uh, physical cables and uh, configuring routers and switches to network virtualization and application level networking, which is actually what service mesh is, application level networking. That's very cool. We won't focus on it today, but the idea <laughs> that an open source project like Linux would enable somebody to build a local ISP where the hardware was not available or affordable, it's kind of a very cool story in itself. So cool. a story for another day, for another time. <laughs> and Yasin, yeah, what is your role uh, these days at Intuit and like sort of what do you focus on day to day? I am senior product manager at Intuit and I'm responsible for uh, the API gateway and service mesh at Intuit. And we'll talk more during the talk probably. Great. And Anil, how about yourself? Hey everyone, uh, my name is Anil. Um, I'm a principal engineer at Intuit and I focus on uh, service communications, uh, which includes API Gateway and Service Mesh. Um, and to start about my journey into the uh, tech industry or software industry, um, so I was always fascinated uh, about like, I mean, what computers could do. And that led me to like, you know, start my bachelor's degree in computer science uh, back in India. Then I started out as a front-end engineer. Um, I wasn't getting a kick out of it, I would say. And that's when I pursued my master's in computer science at UT Austin. Took some very good courses and made some very good connections in distributed systems. Um, and that's when I joined a PaaS-based um, healthcare startup um, based out of San Diego and did like some uh, very good work there in distributed systems. and. Uh, when I was looking for the next challenge, uh, that's when I came across the API Gateway team at Intuit. I joined Intuit in 2016. And uh, I was amazed at the scale, and I was very thrilled at like how API Gateway could help developers like offload their security concerns um, and then focus more on the business logic. And since the, since the inception of Kubernetes and Service Mesh, I've been working 
um, to bring these benefits to the developers at uh, Intuit. And in along in this journey, I've I've also been focusing on like open sourcing some of the innovation that uh, that our team does at Intuit. Throughout this series, we've been talking about uh, the microservices at Intuit. Um, what is a service mesh, and how does it fit into microservices? Well, let me take it at a high level, and I will let a new add more cover. So, service mesh is a dedicated infrastructure layer that allows people transparently to add capabilities like traffic management, security, observability, without including this in, into their own code, in their code. Yeah, to unpack that a little bit. Um... So, so you can think of service mesh in the context of microservices as a, a, a set of uh, intelligent proxies, uh, which are often referred to as sidecars that uh, sit alongside these uh, uh, microservices. And they mediate um, and control all the traffic uh, that flows between these microservices, right? And the set of intelligent proxies are uh, often referred to as something called data plane, uh, which is where the traffic or the data actually flows. And then there is uh, there's something called a control plane, uh, which is nothing but a set of components that actually program these proxies, uh, right? So, um, and that's basically the um, anatomy of a service mesh. And there are um, there are several uh, implementations of this uh, uh, service mesh. Uh, Istio uh, is the one that we use at Intuit, or we build this, uh, the service mesh at Intuit on top of Istio. There are other implementations like Linkerd, uh, Console, uh, Kuma, uh, to name a few. And so, I guess you know, a basic high-level understanding of service mesh is really helpful to me. What sort of problems have you personally had to deal with uh, when it comes to microservices working together, adding in things like containers? Walk us through a few examples of some of the work you've done on the job, or um, you know, if it's useful stuff you've dealt with with clients or partners, um, so we can understand a bit of where the pain point is and and where a service mesh might come in handy. As an early adopter, we faced a lot of challenges. Uh, however, everything that we have been learning and the solutions that we have built, we contribute back to the community. That's why uh, during KubeCon in Detroit, we were recognized as a top end user community in Cloud Native Compute Foundation. Uh, and in terms of service mesh, uh, we open sourced a project called Admiral. And I think there is no better person than Anil to talk about Admiral. Anil, can you take it from here? Sure, yeah. Uh, before we talk about Admiral, um, let me talk about like why we uh, needed Admiral, right? Um, so at Intuit, uh, we decided to use um, hundreds of discrete networks and we run Kubernetes clusters in each of these networks. And these are divided at like, I mean, based on the business cases. And the reason we do that is to like have a better security posture and reduce the blast radius. But given that, uh, we do that brings in a host of challenges. Like, uh, I mean, how do you connect these discrete networks, and how do you provide this service discovery across these discrete networks? So we use Istio, and Istio obviously has an opinionated way of how you solve this uh, problem for these discrete networks. And we took the opportunity to like, so there was nothing out there in the industry that actually uh, was doing the automation at the scale at which we wanted to do. Um, and that's when like we started um, like, you know, uh, building this Admiral project, uh, which provides service discovery across hundreds of discrete Kubernetes clusters and networks and um, makes a service mesh uh, possible across these clusters. You mentioned the, uh, the security, you know, anytime you have, services exposed to the uh, the wider internet 
there's attack surfaces. So how does the, the service mesh actually make those services more secure? So uh, talking about the security aspect of it, um, so some of the, uh, so as you know, Intuit is a fintech company and uh, uh, we have, uh, we move um, like financial data and we store financial data at a massive scale. And some of the security issues we see is usually like uh, services using expired secrets uh, for service-to-service service service communication, um, TLS versions uh, that, that are like compromised, and also like keeping this communication between the services within Intuit's network and um, and keeping it secure, right? Um, and Service Mesh um, like automates all of this and makes this transparent uh, to all the uh, service developers, right? Uh, for example, like, if you have to do a TLS version upgrade, uh, like let's say from TLS 1.2 to TLS 1.3, the uh, developers do not have to do anything pretty much, right? And let me quote on a very interesting thing. So this this is cool, but not super impressive. So what is super impressive is, so for example, at Intuit, uh, we use something called quantum ciphers for the TLS communication uh, on service mesh, right? And And what that actually means is, even the quantum computers cannot break um, like these ciphers, right? So, um, and and this innovation, we contributed that back to Istio uh, so that the community can also be prepared for the post-quantum era. Oh, the post-quantum era. All right. Are we in the quantum era? Are we still pre-quantum? <laughs> I think we are pre-quantum. It, it'll take some time for the quantum computers to like become a reality. Um, but the point being like, it it should it it's it shouldn't be too late, right? I mean, if we discover it after we are compromised, then yeah, it's yeah, right. Yeah, you're you're future proofing the the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked about security. How does the dev writing service code integrate it with a mesh? And yeah, what are some of the other sort of major value propositions that you would put forth alongside security? And great question. This is actually one of the main benefits of service mesh. It abstracts away the traffic management and the security piece from the code. And developers that way can focus on the business logic to code the business logic. And all the security is magically taken care for them. And Anu, do you want to explain a bit more about the magic? So yeah, so let me start on that. Uh, so at Intuit, like what we have or what we categorize uh, developer operations are as day zero and day one, right? Uh, so day zero is when a service is born. And uh, what we have done uh, with like the service mesh is integration is that, uh, so they would get service mesh as a day zero, like with day zero, right? Uh, meaning uh, they would have their sidecar that sits uh, right next to their microservice. And day one is when, so meaning uh, they are all equipped for this service to service communication uh, from day zero, right? And on day one, uh, there are two types of operations. One is they start consuming another uh, service over service mesh, and that's where they need to make uh, an endpoint change, right? Because an endpoint is what you refer to um, uh, when you're calling a service. And there's also uh, other set of changes that they do, which is the traffic routing changes, right? For example, like I want to fail over the traffic for my service from one region to another. Um, so that works as of today uh, using GitOps, and this configuration is done through uh, Istio custom resources. Do you do any of the um, traffic routing for like deploying new versions of a service into production? Yeah. So we use something called uh, Argo rollouts at uh, Intuit. And uh, the way that works is uh, so rollouts provides a way for like deploying the new version, scaling it to 
the number of replicas that you need uh, to support this progressive role, right? Um, I just want to uh, switch 1% of my traffic to this new version so that I don't impact uh, all of my users, right? Um, and the traffic over service mesh honors that progressive delivery that is happening, uh, that is being uh, actually enforced by our rollouts, right? So the service mesh routing and the Argo rollouts progressive delivery work together. Uh, that makes it possible to progressively roll out the new versions of software. So I'm, I'm curious when uh, new devs come in, what are they most surprised that the service mesh does for them? The credential management or the certificate rotation. Like oftentimes, uh, uh, the, at least the developers at Intuit are like, one of the first things they do is like having a load balancer and having the uh, certificates uh, be provisioned for it. Even though it's automated and and whatnot, it's something that's that needs to be done. And also with service mesh, when we tell them, like, I mean, you don't have to do it anymore. It's automated, and you don't even have to, like, you know, reference them or use these secrets anywhere. Uh, that's something that takes them by surprise. Right. And how do you deal with some of the, you know, the common sort of downsides of a service mesh? Like, you know, runtime instances are going to increase, and you know, each service has got to call through some sidecar proxy, adding a step. You know, w- when you think about the common complaints people have, how would you address them? So um, I think the one of the, the biggest complaints we have seen is the cost, right? Uh, you are now adding a sidecar, and then that increases the cost, right? And we have been able to justify that cost with like the performance and uh, better security posture, but that is something that, I mean, is always uh, something that comes up. Now, the other things that do usually come up is... Uh, the debuggability aspect of it uh, because uh, the service mesh provides observability uh, like on both ends both the client and the service because now you have the proxy on the client side that is something that mm. the developers at Intuit uh, are not used to right i mean um, usually the client side observability aspect is usually instrumented by the client now that is being done automatically uh, for them via the service mesh so there is some confusion around like uh, what happens on the client side uh, but then uh, we have addressed that through like documentation and whatnot, and that is now changing. Uh, there's a shift in like thinking about that observability aspect. Hmm. I mean, I know uh, observability is a big thing right now. Can you talk about uh, a little bit about the the benefits that you have by having the observability in the proxy and not in the client? Sure. Yeah. The biggest benefit is like uh, adoption of the standards like Open Telemetry, which comes out of the box um, with uh, like the service mesh proxy. Uh, the service teams can still add metrics on top of uh, like for example they can they they will still need to add the application level metrics right uh, but the network or the application networking um, is something all the metrics related to that um, are automatically available and they don't have to write any code uh, pretty much uh, to get those. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that. Something we've heard in this conversations about observability is that open telemetry avoids the vendor lock-in, provides you with you know maybe a faster pace of improvement given it's a bit more open source and community driven, and so kind of ties in you know going back to what you said about KubeCon to the overall approach here, uh, which is to have something where you can be both a first party contributor but also looking upstream and downstream to collaborating with people on this. For folks who want to learn more about this, you know, who are interested in it, either for their company or just as a developer who wants to learn, where would you suggest they go? Is there a, fo- a place where folks can do tutorials or demos of this kind of stuff or 
understand how it might fit into their organization? I think it is exciting time to get started with Service Mesh. It's now when Istio uh, is part of Cloud Native Compute Foundation. And also all service meshes are trying to align to gateway API in Kubernetes. So if folks are interested in the technology, come, come join us at Intuit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, just to add, like, to find more about what we are doing, uh, I think Intuit Engineering blog on Medium uh, would be a good place. And the couple of art, like articles I would like to highlight, we are embarking on a journey of application abstraction to like unlock the next in our development velocity. And uh, we have recently blogged about that. And the, also the quantum ciphers, uh, the interesting thing that I just mentioned, uh, that is also on one of the blogs uh, if you want to find more details. Okay. Yeah, we'd love to include that in the show notes. 10x, you've written about quantum. I'm not going to try to put a number before the X, but there'll be a big number there, right? And then, yeah, I guess last question, you know, you mentioned quantum, but let's look out just, you know, like a, a slightly shorter amount of time. Are there things on the roadmap that you're excited about or that you've announced and you're working on? Um, you know, for the next six six months to a year, um, what do you see coming online that you think will improve the um, experience for folks using Service Mesh? Thing that we are like focused right now for next six months is like this application abstraction. So we want everything around the application to be fully abstracted away, and developers to focus only on the business logic. This means also the network endpoint. Is it through the API gateway? Is it through the service mesh? Developers should not care about it. Anu. Yeah, definitely. So just to uh, add on top of what Yasin said, uh, so the, the network ab abstraction or the application network abstraction, um, I think this is to, again, abstract the network from the developers. Uh, the, the service mesh already does that. Now the idea is to take this network abstraction outside of service mesh and service mesh more of be a vehicle to drive this, right? Uh, so when services call other services, um, they should be referencing just the names and um, rest of the magic just happens like uh, through the sidecast, right? Um, and that's that's what we are embarking on. Um, and the other interesting things that we see in this space is um, Istio recently announced something called Ambient Mesh, which is uh, sidecar-less mesh. And right, like I talked about before, I mean, cost is definitely one of the um, factors uh, that we want to look into. And and I would we would like to explore Ambient Mesh um, because. We, we can, mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, look, like save costs and at the same time get all the benefits that service mesh provides. Um, I, don't, I don't think I know what ambient mesh is, so maybe just define it a little bit or give, give people a teaser. Uh, the way mesh works is, like I um, said before, through something called sidecars um, that sit right next to the proxies, right? Um, now, what Istio did with uh, the ambient mesh is um, you separate the L4 and L7 uh, capabilities in service mesh. So the proxy is responsible today for both L4, which is uh, the mutual TLS termination, and also L7, right, the traffic routing. Now with ambient mesh, um, there's these two capabilities have been separated out, and um, you do L4 on something called a C tunnel, and uh, you do L7 through an external proxy. So, and that eliminates the need for having a sidecar, um, and then the mesh becomes more ambient, so to speak. Okay, very cool. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. It is that time of the show. I want to shout out somebody who came on to Stack Overflow, asked a great question, and helped spread some knowledge around the community. Today, 
we have a great question badge going to, I'm not making up this username. It is help me stack overflow my only hope. Excellent username. Detect whether input element is focused within React.js. If you need help with a question like that, we have got an answer for you. And luckily somebody asked that question. And so they got a badge for being curious. I am Ben Popper. I am the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. I have the old style blue check mark. That's the real me. And if you want to reach us with questions or suggestions about the podcast, just email us podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find the blog at stackoverflow.blog. And I'm currently on Twitter at Arthur Donovan. No blue check mark. That's right. Now all the plain belly snitches are back in style. I'm Yasin Simeonov, Senior Product Manager at Intuit. Uh, you can find me on Twitter without blue icon and LinkedIn as well. Thanks. I'm Anil, uh, Principal Engineer at Intuit. And you can read about Admiral and the uh, history of contributions that we have on Admiral uh, Open Source. Terrific. We'll include the link in the show notes. Well, thanks to both of you for coming on. And for everyone who's listening, we appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon.